Good afternoon, everyone. This is Anthony Pudlow, Vice President of Professional Affairs with the Iowa Pharmacy Association. Welcome to today's uh, What, Why, and How podcast with the Board of Pharmacy. Joined here today by Sue Mears, Compliance Officer at the Board. And yes, this is Anthony Pudlow, as I mentioned. I am not Casey Fisek. Uh, Casey Fisek is off uh, this week on paternity leave, so congratulations to Casey. But uh, Sue, want to uh, welcome you to the to the podcast, and thanks for joining. I know the board um, kind of, if you will, had maybe a little sneak, a sneaky meeting here um, at the end of the year, trying to I think help achieve a couple extra items uh, for for the board, um, for the board and the board staff, if you will, before the end of the year. But um, how did the meeting go today? Overall impressions. Yeah, it was good. And like I said, just kind of a quick one here at the end of the year to clean up, wrap up some of those last um, minute waiver requests or exemption requests for um, electronic prescribing and, and just kind of tie up any loose ends before the end of the year. Perfect. Yeah. And um, just to maybe even uh, start on that point, I, I would just encourage everybody that if you ever have questions, the board obviously has a detailed process um, via their rules, but also on their website for um, addressing the need for waivers or variances, if you want to refer to it still that way, to really help guide your practice. If maybe a current rule or regulation doesn't quite fit your practice and where and how you need to approach the board um, to, to seek that. So um, yeah, definitely a few extra items on the agenda today, but um, I would say not too much from a rules and, and, and laws kind of perspective, but there was one item, uh, Sue, that was a little interesting of a request. I know we saw a request come forward actually from the um, a Board of Dentistry uh, or the Dental Board, I guess, technically on how they are, um, seeking the board's insight um, and, and I guess really seeking the board's support for a legislative bill that they have uh, crafted or drafted for uh, 2021. Um, can you maybe go into a little detail? What was that request about? Yeah, so the dental board has voted to introduce legislation in 2021 uh, to seek authorization from the legislature to um, allow dentists um, to immunize um, and to be an added access point for patients to get their flu or COVID vaccine. Um, so the dental board um, has fairly narrow um, at this point interest in immunizing. They're looking at this point just at flu and COVID vaccines um, and they uh, their proposed le legislation would require of course specific training for immunizations um, it would require um, checking the statewide registry before immunizing and then reporting the administration after the immunization um, was given so pretty similar to what pharmacists do um, they would not be allowed to delegate the um, immunization administration to a hygienist or any other staff. It would just be the dentist. So what they were asking from the board uh, was to support um, that bill and to register, um, have their lobbyists register in support of that bill for the session. Gotcha. Yeah, Sue, I, I, I don't actually know if I heard them mention it. Maybe you can recall um, was there an age limitation on what they were seeking, in, or is it spelled out in their their bill, or would that be further defined by the the dental board moving forward? Do you, do you know? You know, that's a good question. I was trying to think about that um, here just a little bit ago, and I'm not sure off the top of my head if it had if it was limited to just adults or if it would allow 
um, for children. I don't remember there being an age um, range specified. Yeah, sorry, I should have, we should have talked a little okay. bit more about this beforehand, but I know, yeah, I feel like from what I heard the proposal, at least how that was presented, they didn't get into age limitations, but how do, I guess, I just to read, uh, to, to, to ask of you, what, what did the board, did, what did the board decide or how did they, how did they go about their decision today? Yeah, well, they, um, you know, they talk about the, the purpose and the role of the Board of Pharmacy is to um, protect the public health and um, promote public health and um, protect pu public safety. And um, they certainly had no concerns with the qualifications of a dentist and their ability to immunize. Um, so they didn't have any um, concerns from a, a clinical standpoint of the dentist being capable of engaging in this practice. Um, and they really were supportive of the notion of just improving and increasing access points to improve immunization rates in the state of Iowa. Sounds very similar to, I think, the talking points that IPA uses and the board uses as we talk about um, trying to expand and utilize pharmacists and even pharmacy technicians, for that matter, um, in, in terms of an access point and, and really just helping get vaccination rates higher in the state. So, um, so the board, so you're, you're saying the board voted in approval then? Did I hear you say that? I don't think I said, um, you're right though, they did. They did vote to um, to register in support of the, the dental board's bill. Okay, fantastic. Well, we'll have to see how that progresses. I, I feel like if memory serves me correctly that the dental board um, had registered a similar bill, I think last year, um, in, in, or at least this year, I guess, in the 2020 legislative session before it got um, uh, halted because of the pandemic. So we'll have to see how that uh, uh, moves forward in the 2021 session. Um, well, let's think about other things here then. Um, you know, there wasn't that much else. I mean, I know there's a lot of different waiver requests on the board agenda, primarily a lot around um, really extensions if it was for the electronic prescribing um, requirement for prescribers, or even if it was some of the discussion around wholesale distributors um, seeking various types of accreditation centers that they need. Um, I don't know if I'd like to get into that, but you know, knowing that we're, we are still in the midst of the pandemic um, and, and coronavirus and COVID-19 still out there and, and, and very front of mind for pharmacists and technicians probably listening to this podcast. Um, Sue, from the board's perspective, um, what's going on as it relates to COVID-19? Um, any regular questions or concerns that you're having with pharmacists' role um, as it relates to whether it's the vaccinations or maybe even testing um, for COVID-19? Can you, uh, what, how, how's, uh, what's the latest on COVID and, and, and the board's perspective? Sure. Um, well, I'll just, I'll highlight one aspect that I think we're kind of struggling with and we would ask for um, um, more information from pharmacies that are involved in COVID testing. Um, when uh, the HHS originally authorized pharmacists to order and administer COVID tests um, several months ago, uh, the board put out um, guidance and um, information about getting involved in COVID testing. And part of that guidance was um, to ask a pharmacy that if you're going to engage in COVID testing, to get onto your pharmacy profile um, in the board with the board's, on, board's online database and get into your pharmacy services profile 
and um, identify which type of COVID testing you're involved in, whether it's diagnostic um, or the serologic testing. Um, and by going in and doing that on the online system, um, that would trigger an alert um, to our staff. And then we can reach out to the pharmacy to get a little bit more detail about that testing to find out if that pharmacy may uh, fall under the statewide order that mandates reporting of those test results. Um, Dr. Padati issued an order in April um, that for the ordering practitioner and the order in the uh, reading lab, both have to report test results of any COVID test. Um, so as pharmacies are getting involved in testing, they may fall into one of those two categories and would be subject to Dr. Padati's order to report those test results. Um, so now as we're getting into uh, the last couple months of the year and pharmacies are starting to renew their license for 2021, um, that's part of the questions that they can now identify if they're doing one of these two types of COVID tests. And so now we're getting a, a lot of alerts um, that really they should have been um, identifying back when they first started testing. So if there are any pharmacies that um, have started um, involvement in COVID testing and haven't updated their pharmacy profile so that we can start that process, um, please do so as soon as possible. That is definitely a good reminder there, Sue, and I think it is something that we will make sure we reference as well. Um, is the board staff then doing any type of outreach based on what you might be hearing about or seeing in the news or media um, to pharmacies that are doing either type of testing, if you will, the, the antigen uh, antibody testing, or, or if it is the diagnostic? Are you guys doing any con um, proactive outreach? Um, not since we've had the, uh, the press release and the information that went out originally. Okay. So yeah, great reminder though for everybody that if your pharmacy is doing that, yes, log in to your pharmacy's profile on the board's website and designate that. Um, and yes, there there is definitely some state uh, reporting requirements, um, as Sue you were you, as you were mentioning. So thanks for that that healthy reminder. Um, I guess maybe otherwise other COVID related um, uh, questions, and maybe if we want to call it a question of the day. Um, I know at least between the board and even IPA, we've been hearing a lot about um, as the COVID vaccine comes out or vaccines come out, um, that I think everybody's thinking about how best we can serve um, this, uh, the needs of our community and, and really thinking about staffing. Um, I know m several groups have actually reached out to IPA, actually many being local public health departments as they look to conduct various COVID-19 vaccine clinics, if you will, and seeking the insight of, or seeking the assistance, excuse me, of, of a student pharmacist. And Sue, can you kind of help help the, the listeners understand like, what is required there? So we, we know obviously pharmacists um, have certain requirements for for just general vaccinations and we know students can provide that. But if you're if you're maybe you're on a border state or maybe others, um, have, have you guys seen this happen before where maybe a, a student intern is being utilized in other practice settings um, or, or especially maybe with neighboring um, communities and some of our rural areas, too? Yeah, I haven't necessarily seen it happen yet. Um, we've we've been asked um, about it, but if 
you know, pharmacy interns, of course, um, just under Iowa law and rule, and then the HHS order, um, pharmacy interns are authorized to uh, administer the vaccine. They do have to be supervised um, by the pharmacist, um, but they would have to be registered in the state in order to qualify under the PrEP Act um, with immunity um, to be immunizing in the state. Um, and of course, they'd have to have gone through uh, the appropriate training program, either through their uh, College of Pharmacy or through an external program um, before they engaged in that um, activity. So you're saying, yes, yeah, so the student needs to be registered with the board um, as, an, yeah. as an intern. Um, so I know, especially in some of our rural, not rural, excuse me, our neighboring states, um, or if they're enrolled in, say, I, I know, um, for example, Creighton University has a distance program. So there's maybe some Creighton students that are um, located in the state, but in a sense going to school in an outside of Iowa's uh, College of Pharmacy. But that supervision does have to come from an Iowa licensed pharmacist, correct? If they're, yeah, if they're immunizing in Iowa. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, and, and maybe just to uh, bring that up, I know the board has really worked closely with the National Association of Boards of Pharmacy and, and the passport program that NABP has. Um, can you maybe just emphasize, I know, I think the, a couple days ago when I was last on the NABP website, the passport program, I think, had maybe halted um, enrollment for it. But what is the passport program, first of all, and uh, is it back active again? Um, can you maybe speak to that? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, NABP um, stood up the passport program very early in the pandemic um, to allow um, better portability for pharmacists to go into other states um, and to to work as a pharmacist without maybe having a license in that state. And they they only um, you know it was only authorized if the state was a willing participant, right? So um, pharmacists weren't authorized to come into Iowa with their passport. Um, authorization and work unless we had engaged in that program, which the board did uh, for pharmacists. So when, say, a pharmacist in Kentucky, um, they could maybe um, apply to the passport program, they only have a Kentucky license, um, they get vetted through the NABP passport program, NABP would look through um, their license history, check to see if they have any concerning discipline and whatnot, and then if all is well, would give them a passport number that would authorize them um, to go work in whatever other state that they had identified they wanted to um, have passport authorization for. So they would have to specifically say Iowa and Illinois or whatever. Um, so that, that program was running for several months. Um, and I think around September, October, NABP, had decided to close that program down and discontinue accepting any new applications or participants, but that the people that had been granted or authorized a passport status, it would be valid until the end of December of this year. Um, unfortunately though, because the pandemic's continuing um, issues, the passport program did decide or NABP decided to open that program back up they will extend the expiration date of the existing passport participants. They, I haven't seen what a new expiration date will be, so I don't really know how far they're extending it. 
Um, but I believe they said they were opening um, the portal up again as of today to accept um, new participants as well. Okay. Um, just curious, uh, have, has the board seen quite a few pharmacists um, kind of look to transfer in, if you will, um, through the passport program? Do you, is that something you're willing to share? We we don't we didn't require pharmacists to let us know or pharmacies to to notify us if they if they engaged in that. Um, I think I've heard of two, and um, the list of pharmacists that have been authorized via passport to come work in Iowa is over a thousand. Wow! So it, you know if there are pharmacy pharmacies that are uh, struggling to find um, some pharmacists help, you know our website has the the list of um, names um it doesn't give um it's such a such a large list it would be um, very difficult for our staff to go through and identify um, mm -hmm. the states where they're licensed or where they're from but um you know that's a, a way that if if a pharmacy is approached by somebody that says they have a passport you can go on our website on the COVID information page um, and you can look up that list um, and it's current um, to who has an active passport and is authorized to come work in Iowa temporarily. Gotcha. Very helpful information, Sue. Thank you for that. Um, well, I'm kind of looking at my list and some of the notes of what happened in today's board meeting, and I, I do think this kind of covers everything. Um, hard to believe um, that we've, we've made it to December 2020, um, and we are quickly turning the page into 2021. So um, I guess I'll stop and just say, Thank you, Sue, for all your support and your uh, collaboration throughout um, the wild ride that is has been 2020. <laughs> um, any other comments from you or any other announcements that you'd like to share as we kind of uh, turn the page to 2021? Yeah, I'll just I'll let folks know. I think an, a message maybe went out today from the board office, but um, the offices will be closed on um, December 24th and 25th. Um, normally it's just Christmas Day, but um, we'll be closed on the 24th as well. The governor gave us an extra extra day of vacation, which is very generous. Um, and then we'll be closed, of course, on January 1. Um, so that's about all I, all I can think of at the moment. Sure, sure. Well, enjoy your extra day of vacation. Um, you, you all deserve it. So, um, Sue, thank you so much. And uh, really want to thank everybody for dialing in. I guess... The next board meeting is scheduled actually not uh, right into the new year, almost uh, January 12th and 13th. So uh, look forward to um, having, um, I guess Casey should be back and uh, he'll probably be um, the one um, uh, uh, convening our next Board of Pharmacy What, Why and How podcast. But Sue, thank you for your time and uh, really appreciate everybody for listening today. Thank you so much. Thank you. See ya.